Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And today I have the one and only Abby Walker on the show. Y'all want to make sure you watch this one. It's going to be good. So stay with us. Let me bring Abby on. Abby, welcome Hi. to the show. Thanks. Good Thanks morning. for having me here. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So, um, you know, I started this show almost three years ago. And it was um, it, it, to help people have a breakthrough in life. Because mm -hmm. I think people get stuck. I've been stuck before and not like, how, yeah. do I, how do I get through this? You know, and so... <laughs> Um, it's amazing how I think that hearing other people's stories, it just helps us yes. heal, you know? Absolutely. So, so I like to start with uh, where were you born and raised? Tell everybody where you were born and raised, Abby. Um, well, I was born in Amarillo, Texas, Amarillo by morning. Um, but I was actually raised in San Antonio, Texas. And so I lived there, um, went to school there and then went to college at Texas A&M University and moved back to San Antonio and then eventually ended up um, in Dallas, which is where we are now. Dallas is such an awesome city. Mm -hmm. I love We really that. like it. We moved back home actually a couple years ago because um, all of our family, you know, is in San Antonio and all of our siblings were having babies and we were like, well, we should, we should probably get to know them, you know, but we yeah. ended up moving back to Dallas and um, we're, we're very grateful. We really, it's, it's a very unique place, but we really love it. So where, where uh, you moved back from where? Oh, we moved to San Antonio for a couple oh, of years. Okay, I got, okay. Yeah. Got, about got. three or four years. So, um, my husband actually works for the chiefs, the Kansas city chiefs, and then the hunt family. And the reason we're in Dallas is because the family is based here in Dallas because the Kansas city chiefs were the Dallas Texans before they became the Kansas city chiefs. Right, so, right. um, we're a, we're a big football family over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, so am I, I won't show you my Steelers football sitting oh, on my desk. <laughs> you know, it's so funny. I was, um, I had a part, an opportunity to be a part of, um, watching a panel with the ownership for the Steelers and, and, uh, is it Mc, not McCaskey? Um, what's the Steelers owner's family? It's, uh, you asked me too fast. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, it's um I know who it is. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank. I know I am too. Wow. Well, anyways, it was um this panel of women and they were they were owners' wives and they had been in the league forever and they were kind of talking about different things and and I think it was Mrs. McCaskey who just passed away, the owner of the Bears. Oh uh Rooney. The Rooney, Rooney. Is that right? Yes. yes. Rooney. She told Mrs. Rooney, she was like, You just need to be quiet. You have too many Super Bowl trophies, you know. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> The the uh, the rivalry runs deep or whatever, but it's a it's yeah. a great franchise, and you guys have an unbelievable history. It's uh, it's it's they're they're amazing, but not lately. We won't talk about that. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. I think Big Ben needs to do a big retirement, but that's just oh, my bless his heart. Yeah, he's played forever. I mean, he's banged up, you know, yeah. and that's. So anyway, I, and I, I have, um, I've had some NFL guys on, on the show and. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Do you know Paul Williams? Uh, he's, mm -hmm. I, I met Paul and his wife through Jen Moran. Uh -huh. and he she knows played, everyone. I know. He, she knows he, everyone. <laughs> he played for the Oilers. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was quarterback for the Oilers, but he, he was, uh, he was. I think second string. He said. He said I was their secret weapon. <laughs> That's a good attitude. That's great. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but so 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 you grew up where? So where did you go to? Where'd you go to like high school and all that? Where was? Yeah. So um, I am a fourth generation Baptist preacher's daughter, and so I actually went to a private school that doesn't even exist anymore. Like we didn't have football. 
we had basketball, we had softball, soccer, we kind of had baseball. So it was a, a really tiny, you know, really tiny school, but it was the Christian school at um, my dad's church. And so um, it was a tiny, <laughs> tiny little pond. And then I went well, from there to A&M. What do you yeah. do for reunions then? I guess you don't have them. No, we really wow. don't. I mean, I graduated with nine people. Oh nine. my gosh. Yeah. And we, luckily we liked each other for the most part the last yeah. year, but it, it gets real rough when you're, you're like, you, <laughs> you don't like your classmates. There's not very many more to move on from, but yeah. um, it was, you know, I'm, I really appreciate the experience because um, I don't know. It's just different. Like we got great one-on-one -on -one time with our teachers and, yeah. you know, I was really prepared for college because I knew how to study, you know, and my husband who went to a large, like 5A high school and then went to the university of Texas. He was like, I did not know how to study. <laughs> hey, uh, now going to a, a high school uh, and you said it was a Baptist private school or was it just, a uh, it was just like a, uh, where were we? It was a Christian academy. So we were non-denominational, but yeah, it was, it was like dress code and uniforms and, you know, you <laughs> definitely like, no cussing. But, yeah. <laughs> did, you have, did you have Bible study? Did uh, you, did yeah. Bible, really? Bible wow. classes required. Um, yeah. I mean, you could fail Bible class, which, <laughs> which is a totally different level of like, Oh, um, <laughs> But it was, you know, it was, I don't know. It was, it was a strict environment, but it, uh, I don't know. There was a lot of, a, a lot of good in it too. It's, it, you know, to each their own for sure. But that's did, where, that's where I went. Did you get in any trouble? Oh no, not then. I was, no. I was, um, you, you know, said I'm, not then, <laughs> not then i raised a little more hell the older I got. Um, I was, so I talk about this a lot, like on my podcast or whatever, but behaving or being who I thought I was supposed to do was about safety for me. It like, it, it made me feel, I didn't want to get in trouble, you know? And so, um, I really towed the line. Like I just, you know, did everything that was expected of me. And then, um, I, I it was really after I got married. No, it was before I got married. And I was just kind of like, this is miserable. <laughs> you know, like I, I've got a lot of fire inside of me and, and, um, but anyways, so I didn't get in a lot of trouble when I was younger. Um, but I mean like typical, I would say typical pastor's kid things. Like I popped a, um, remember those stress balloons with flour in them? Yeah. Totally popped one of those in the middle of church one time <laughs> and everywhere. And I just, froze i thought for sure you know it, it was a big enough congregation back then my dad uh you know he didn't see it but anyways there's and it was your dad's church oh yeah oh, oh yeah. wow yeah wow <laughs> <clears throat> yeah well joe ingram is a very innocent man he says so. <laughs> well i avoided it then i've been ruffling feathers for about the last 10 years so it's okay it comes in different portions of everybody's life i think so a and you went to Texas A&M out of high mm -hmm. school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You graduate with nine kids and then yeah. off to college we go. Yes. And A&M is not a small school. No, it's huge. What, it was. What was that like? What, like you get to, to like, <laughs> you're going from nine kids and you're graduating class yeah. to a huge university. What was that like? You know, I think that um, my school was very small, but my world wasn't. So I actually, um, when I started at about 16, I started touring with a um, an organization called Wild Week. And um, it was a, what's the best way to put it? We were a staff of probably anywhere of about 75 people. And we toured around the country and we set up these youth camps. And so like churches could come bring um, their kids when, and they could have this great, huge, big camp experience with like rec. And like, we had like a full touring rig, like music wise, like anybody you'd go see. Anyways, um, they were able to bring their kids and come have this great camp experience, especially from like smaller towns where they couldn't afford to put on their own camp. So I started doing that at about like 16 and then growing up in a, a really big church, I was used to the bigger crowds. Like it didn't feel overwhelming, but anybody, I mean, you talk to any Aggie and I'm, I have to tell you, I'm not a very good one. Like everybody cares <laughs> way more about it than me. <laughs> you know, they yeah. say, Oh, 
you're a two percenter. And I'm like, I don't even think I'm a two percenter. I'm like skim milk over here. Like I just, <laughs> I love it. I think it's great. But like my brother was in the core. Like he was die hard, is die hard still to this day. So I wasn't overwhelmed by it. Um, but I think a big part of that is just that College Station feels like a small town. You know, there's there's such a um, intimacy to it. And I say that and like, I rolled through there a couple months ago and was like, this is not the same town. Like when I went to school in college station, there was one olive garden. Okay. That was, that was the <laughs> Italian food and it burned down one year and there was no Italian food for a year. And now they have like strip centers and more. I mean, I'm like, this is not where I went to school. Like, you know, where, it's where blown up. Where, where's, where is that in relation to Dallas? Is it far from there? Um, it's not super close, but it's very close to Houston. It's right out. Oh. Like you can get to Houston in probably an hour. And so, okay. um, we would often escape to the big city life of Houston to, you know, go to a restaurant or go my roommates and I would go ice skating at Christmas at the Galleria, you know, this, you didn't have a whole lot of that in college station back then, but I think it's changed I've a been, lot. I've been to the Galleria in Houston. Yes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, it's a little why it was a long time ago, but so, <laughs> so, so you, you, um, you, what now, what did you step? What was your, your, um, degree? Did you graduate? Number one, uh -huh. I'm sure you yeah. did. Yeah. Um, what was your degree in? So I started out uh, pre-med because I, I loved, uh, I guess I took anatomy and physio physiology and I loved problem solving and, you know, that kind of stuff. And then I realized how much chemistry I was going to have to take. And I was like, this is not for me. <laughs> so I ended up in the business school um, and majored in marketing and I loved it. Um, I, I think I tried management for a while and I was like, I already know how to boss people around. I'm good. You know, <laughs> and so we yeah. We yeah. switched to marketing, which, you know, in my opinion, is the most creative, one of the more creative aspects of the business, which really suited me because I am definitely a creative through and through. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and so after college, you what? I moved back home. Um, I home did to San Antonio. Okay. San Antonio. And I took over the youth ministry for my dad's church, which was like there's moving home and then there's moving home and like working for your parents. Like, I don't necessarily recommend it, <laughs> but yeah. no, it was a really, it was a really great season. Um, I had a great group of kids and, you know, my husband and I laughed so much because he, um, you know, he works in the NFL and so he's in rooms all the time with like big, powerful people, but you put him in a room full of teenagers and like, he's sweaty. I mean, he's just like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, um, but I just, I really loved it. I think part of what I really loved about getting to work with teenagers is especially back then, you know, and I know it's still true today, but they're so honest. I mean, they're so, and they're honest about their faith. They're right. like, that doesn't make sense to me. Or I don't like that, you know, and it was a very refreshing you know, experience for me because they, um, authenticity, as we know, you know, is so lost in so many ways, um, yep. in our world right now. And, yep. and I just really loved them. You know, they were, it, it was really, really fun. So I did that for, let's see, three or four years. And then, um, I got engaged to my husband and, and ended up leaving San Antonio and moving up here to Dallas. So how did you yeah. meet your husband in the church? We did. Um, did you? yeah, he, wow came with his family they had visited um and we um it's there's like i'm trying to think of a different way to tell the story but it's just what it is i was in yeah. the fourth grade he was in the fifth grade and we had a christmas play a cantata if you will the baptists we were we were baptist church back then and so the baptists love their musical productions and um i had a solo um because i grew up singing and all that kind of stuff and then he, he had an acting role as young jesus which he lovingly <laughs> refers to as young Jeezy. And uh, that's, that's, that's the first place. Um, those are like really our first interaction. And then he ended up also coming to the small private school for middle school. And um, so we got to be really good friends and kind of went out with everybody else's friends. But he and I never dated, never, you know, had really any kind of relationship and then reconnected after college and ended up getting married and, We'd run into people, you know, that we grew up with, and then they're like, "You married Brian Peckoff?" And we're like, "Nobody's more surprised than us," you know. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just, wow. You never know, and so, um, especially when I was working with teenage girls, I was just like, "Look, be nice. Just be nice to the boys. You never know; they may turn out to be your your dream hunk," you know, <laughs> at some point in life. 
I have two daughters that are young, well, 15 and 10. So yes. yeah, I, I can't even my, it, yeah, we won't, we won't even go there. It's, it's, it's amazing. You have it's, only girls? Yes. I don't, oh, I yeah. have two girls. That's it. Yeah. Man. I mean, look at me. I look like I'm 80. I'm only 25. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't. It's a, it's a very special thing to be a girl dad. It, it really is. And it's, yeah. Because I think in a lot of ways, like I, I'm very close with my dad, like he, and I'm close with my mom too, but my dad and I just have like a different kind of connection. And then I watch my mom with her son, like they, my brother, like they, they have a different connection too, but yeah. um, it's a very, the role. And I, I'm, you know, I know you know this, but the role you have in their lives is profound. It's, it's, it's profound. Just, yeah, it really is. And so obviously they're very lucky to have you. It's, it's, um, it's, it's something special. I, mm. I, I yeah, it's special. That's so, so, so you, um, you met, so you kind of, you didn't grow up. Did you grow up with your husband then? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. We were I mean, around, um, from like, you know, and I always tell people, I'm like, there's something like, really significant about somebody who knows you in middle school, like before, you know, to like filter yourself and be cooler and you're, you know, you're still kind of working it out. There's something really, you know, pure about that. And because yeah. we did know each other in that season, um, wow. there was a, there's just a lack of pretense, you know, I think, cause we'd be like, uh, I remember when you wore like jorts all the time, you know, or I remember when you had <laughs> yeah. that bad haircut or I remember. And, um, it surprised us, you know, I think that he, I was in music very much at the time. So I should go back and say the entire time that I was running the youth ministry, I was also touring and speaking at girls events and doing a bunch of that kind of stuff in the context of like church, like yeah. church things, ministry and whatever. And, um, I had, worked really hard and we traveled a ton and I led worship at church and you know, all those kinds of stuff. And I put two gospel albums out and then we got married Wow! and I moved to Dallas and, um, I had a record deal, basically like a showcase lined up in the fall of 2008 and then everything collapsed and just went crazy. And they called and were like, you know, we can't do it. And they ended up getting bought out by, you know, somebody else or whatever, but I was yeah. so crushed. Oh my gosh. Um, because, oh, my phone was going off. I'm so glad you didn't hear it. It was going through my ears. So I was like, oh man. Oh, I, did. um, I didn't hear it. <laughs> you said, oh my like, God. Why are you freaking out? <laughs> oh man. Um, anyways, I, I was like, I've worked my whole life to get to this moment. You know, you finally, yeah. to get a, you know, a showcase is, is just so incredibly challenging. And so, um, I had a lot of work to do. You know, I, I, it was actually really a gift because it took me back and really refined, um, you know, what do I, what do I like about what I've done? What do I not like about what I've done? And so I ended up, I was just like, you know, I think I'm ready to just like be me, not be a pastor's daughter, not be, you know, and so I decided to, to do a country record and it was actually right about that time that I met Jennifer. And so, um, she, connected with the super sassiness you know, of that country record. And um, yeah. it's just kind of been a process for me of really stepping into my own, you know, I mean, letting go of other people's expectations. And um, especially if you're, I'm an oldest, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm a people pleaser like through and through and want to win people yeah. over. And so it's been a, it's been a real journey, but it's also what's fueled so much of um, my heart and my passion to, encourage other women to, to, you can do it. You know, sometimes you just need a hype girl. Like you just need somebody who'd be like, you are a badass. And you've got this in the world. You know, they need the real you. They don't need yeah. this perfect filtered, well-behaved, you know, I'm terrible at that, by the way, I'm, I'm not good at the, the pageantry. Like, I'm just like, well, <laughs> this is what it is, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, and, and I, so that had to be at 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 some point in there. It had to feel um, conflicting. Like mm -hmm. I'm I'm going away from the gospel to the country yeah. music, the devil's music. I'm just kidding. Oh, totally. No, you <laughs> absolutely. 
Like if yeah. you think if you can think it, it has it has absolutely been said to me because I was the golden right. child. You know, I did yeah. all of the right things. I sang the solos in church. I did you know all of that, and um, I was going from the church house to the honky tonks, and and some people did not like it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so funny. But you, uh, I mean, so you've done you've obviously you've done well. You've you've mm-hmm. how many albums have you put out? Let's see. Four. I'm trying to think. Let's see if Feisty gets his thing then. Yeah, I think I'm at four. Um, And but I honestly, I haven't put music out in four or five years because I got focused on the book. Um, And I toured the my last album pretty hard. Like we we were out and about a lot. And I was operating in the the Texas country music scene. I'm laughing because I'm like, there's really a theme here of me just kind of like pissing people off. Um, the Texas country music scene is, it's like most music, but it's a very heavily male dominated, you know, industry. And there are some very fierce expectations for, um, the women in it, you know, and, and I played every big stage, you know, that really that scene had to offer and kind of crashed into the ceiling. And it was like, yeah, this is as far as they're going to, you know, allow you to go. And so I really had to step back and once again, you know, be like, okay, what do I really want to do? What really matters here? And, um, I'd always wanted to write a book and that had always been in my heart, but I, I have this unbelievable, like insatiable appetite for personal development. Like my husband is like, we own a personal development library. And I'm like, aren't you so lucky? You know, (laughs) but I just am fascinated by, the learning and the growth. And for me, it's, it's just, a. I don't, it's rich. Like I, I just, you know, from you to the stool. Thank you. Charles, <laughs> Charles has your next book title ready for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Somewhere my grandmother is clutching her pearls. She's just, you know, <laughs> she is one of them. The other one is like, loves the honky tonks. So yeah. this is important background. So my, my dad, I talk about in the book, like he's, his, his dad, his granddad, like Southern Baptist preachers. I mean, like people were kicked out of the church for uh, like going to a barn raising where there was dancing. Like we're talking super strict. Oh my so that's, gosh. That's one side of my family. And then the other side of my family, my mom's side of the family is like legitimate, like cowboys slash train robbers. Like <laughs> they got married. <laughs> It was like, well, of course you're going to raise some like wild hearted love, Jesus loving, you know, rebel. And so that's a little bit of like farther back, you know, in my background. But um, anyways, I'd always wanted to write a book, but I could not wrap my head around being an entertainer, especially back then. And also being somebody who loves to speak to women and loves personal development and loves, you know, and I was living in such a mindset of scarcity, right? Like that there's just only so much, you know? And so I was really praying about it. I was really trying to work through um, visioning, you know? And one of the things that I read and really latched onto was that in order to envision anything new, you have to abandon all of the ways that you believe that the world uh, was straight out of Footloose. It is <laughs> it's straight out of Footloose. You have to abandon all of the ways that you thought that the world worked, like that those beliefs that you really held on to that kind of became your framework. Um, and even like things people had spoken over me of like, oh, well, you're better at this than you are, you know, at this. And, and um, anyways, eventually I just felt like God was like, well, Ab, you know, there's, there was no Oprah before Oprah. So let's go. And I was like, oh, okay, we can do this. You know? <laughs> so, um, my heart really is to create, like is to in- encourage, empower, inspire women, whether it's through my music or it's through writing or whatever it is to go full on them, you know, like that's, and, and I'm a multifaceted person. Like I want to be able to have multiple, you know, expressions. If I do one for too long, I get kind of antsy. And so I'm, I'm, already antsy to get back in the studio. I'm like, okay, I wrote, I've written the book and I'm going to do the work with the book, but then now we got to go do an album. And I don't know, it's, it's part of the two sides of my brain. How difficult though, is it, is it because country music is really in Nashville? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, right. Yeah. So how, how much more, I mean, my, my best friend in the world lives in Dallas and that's Glenn Uh Morshower and he's been an actor for 46 years, you know? And now he lived 40 years out in LA, 
but wow. but he, you know he's an actor out of Dallas and he mm -hmm. has an acting studio there as as a matter of fact but so, awesome. so you know like have you seen any like it may does it make it any more difficult to make it in country music when you're not in Nashville you know, I, I have a ton of friends in Nashville and I've spent a lot of time there. And okay. uh, there's this crazy phenomenon called Texas country music that operates on its, I mean, it has its own charts. It has its own award wow. show. It has its own. And um, anybody who's diehard Texas country, some people, there's a, there's a corner of it that's also called red dirt. Um, that's a little bit more, hello, um, North, Texas kind of up into Oklahoma, like where there's red dirt in the ground. And it's more of what I would call um, rough around the edges. Like you're not going to have any kind of like sheen or loop, you know, kind of on it. And yeah. um, Miranda started in it. Miranda Lambert started in Texas country and yeah. um, so amazing. many people. She is. She uh, is. And I mean, I, I we've been hearing rumors that maybe she's doing a record with Jack Ingram who Jack Ingram started out in Texas country and then got wow. so big that, you know, Nashville signed him. And there is absolutely this attitude between Nashville and Texas. Um, because, uh, if you go, like if you're, if you're successful in Texas as a Texas country art artist, and then you go now, <coughs> that, that Texas heat's getting to you. <laughs> Of course, it wasn't wasn't so hot down in Texas a couple of weeks ago. No, jeez. Sorry, I've been sick for about two weeks. Oh so wow! I'm still trying to recover. <clears throat> wow! I'm gonna let you talk for a second. Yeah. <clears throat> so so well. So I, first off, I want to say hi to a couple of people. There's my good friend Doug Wing. His he's of the. The Little Giant Ladder Company. His father is the founder of it. <clears throat> wow. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're, he's an amazing, one of my best friends in the world. Then we have Joaquim joining us from hell. Literally. <laughs> like it's, it, there is a town in Norway called hell and he lives there. And I did a I did a live stream one night. I gotta tell you this. I did a live stream one night because these scammers take my pictures and my daughter's pictures and create these fake profiles all the time and scam women out of money. And I was on here and I said, All you scammers can go to hell. And and Joaquin Joaquin was on and he said, Don't send them here. We don't want them. <laughs> That's so, so anyway. So are you okay? I may need one more minute. I'm so sorry. No, you're fine. It's okay. Um, so anyway, so I, I <laughs> that stinks. I've had that happen before, so I, I get it. So, um, so you, so you've made it in country music without being in Nashville. Nashville, I, I love Nashville. By the way, it's one of my favorite cities. Um, there's parts of it that I don't care for, but I, I overall I like Nashville a lot. Um, Doug Wing says a country boy can survive. That's right. That's right. So, so, so talk about, um, now you probably are too young to remember this. Um, Gilly. That's very generous. First of all, thank you. Thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> I've been to Gillies in Houston, the original. Uh -huh. Yeah. Are you ever, were you ever there? Um, I played Gillies in Dallas. There's, yeah. Uh, so I played that one up here, but I haven't. I haven't played the one in Houston. Well, it's gone. It. I, I think it burnt to the ground. Oh, that's right. Yeah, long time ago, but yeah. yeah. I was 16 years old, so it's been decades ago when when I was there. That's and there's awesome. my good friend Colleen. She's down in, in in San Antonio. Is that right, Colleen? Hey. I think she's in San Antonio. Yeah, I'm San Antonio. Absolutely. Down that, that area somewhere mm. down there. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, I've never been there. I've been to Dallas and Houston and that's, that's about it. So, mm -hmm. but so, so you went, um, you got into the country music scene. You've done well with that. You said mm -hmm. in 2008, nine things started going bad. I think so that was with the, yes, you're right. But that was when I was doing the gospel records. And oh, that's right. That's mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Then out of that, um, I went into country music <clears throat> 
and the Texas country scene has its own circuit of um, venues, festivals, radio shows. I mean, it's it's pretty wild. And so one of the biggest stages we played, which I really loved, <clears throat> was the Houston Rodeo. And it was there. They have a club called The Hideout. And um, it they'll pack 5,000 people into a tent <laughs> in wow. March, I guess, in Houston. Wow. <clears throat> Yeah, and um, they all come from the rodeo. And so by the time they get to us, they are having a good time. They, they, are, really, <laughs> yeah. they are really cutting loose. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. And that, uh, we, play, we got to play that twice. In fact, when I played it the first time, I was the only female that they had booked for the three weeks of the rodeo. Like that's how much of a boys club it is. Yeah. Wow. So, um, and we did it and we we loved it. You know, I mean, I, I, uh, as you can probably imagine from my personality, but it's not a chill. We don't have a very chill show. It's it's, yeah. and I really was kind of more country rock and roll than like straight. You know, yeah. There wasn't a lot of Taylor Swift being played, which she's great. But yeah. um, we were we leaned a little bit more to the Miranda show. In fact, we played after she played the main arena. We we got to play after. Thank you. It was really fun, and because a lot of her people were also like my people and so um and then and then the next year we played after pitbull so you know you get all all of the range <laughs> wow. um, but uh it was it was i loved it like i love the people texas people love music you know and they it's it's very the texas independence mindset is is you know it's it's there in all of its own ways including you know in its music and um so anyways, that was some that I really looked and I did a lot in Nashville. I did a couple of like um, singing competition or like songwriting competitions, a couple of those things in Nashville. And Nashville's, and in, in my opinion, a very tough town to make it because the person making your coffee and the person you're checking it, they all sing. They're all amazing. And one of the things in my, again, this is just my opinion. One of the ways that I think that, that doesn't serve the artist or the creative community is that um, if you compare and compare and compare and compare, you, you go into the ground. I mean, you just, right. so many people come home and there's not one way to make it. You know, I think that um, that was, I just really, I, I did a lot of work. Kenny Rogers. Is that kind the, of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's country. It it's is. country. It's yeah. Um, but, it, but it's it, probably a little bit different now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, everybody's like country music is three chords in the truth, and and it's it's true. You know, I mean, yeah. if if um, music has changed so much, it merges so much. Like you hear influences, you know, all all across the place, and so, anyways. But Nashville can be a really hard place to make it because you think you have to become something or someone. And so I think part of what can, it, it, it hurts us as a community is that we're not getting to hear these very unique, rare, you know, people because everybody's trying to be the next Miranda or the next, you know, kind of whatever. And um, I, I just, I don't know, I'm super, I'm an independent through and through. And I was just like, this is bullshit. You know? And so I came home and <laughs> got my band together and was like, wow, you know, you, you can, you can make a living and you can play good stages and you can do Texas musicians tour like typically a lot more than Nashville musicians because they can like yeah. within the state they're, you know, if you're Nashville and you're trying to roll from East coast to West coast, I mean, the cost alone to try and get there can, you know, can be really tough and yeah. you and find your tribe. Huge. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's its own country. Yeah, you can spend and, and nine hours. For people that want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, hey, my hat's off to the Texas governor, by the way. I love oh, the movie made yesterday. I, you know, we were we were really grateful. Some people are are very upset, and I get it, you know. But it's it's the if you still want to wear it, you can you can wear it. You know, you can do that. And yeah, but it's a uh, um, <clears throat> I don't know. These last two years, I feel like you know how when you go to like this is when I was a kid and you go to a Chinese food restaurant and you'd see like the year you were born and it's the year of the cat or the dog or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like the last two years have just been like the year of offense. Like everybody's <laughs> just defended at everything. And I'm like, we're going to be fine. We're all going to be okay. You know? Yeah. Oh, so 
I know. Yes, live live music. You know, I think live music is so important because it's such a part of. Um, there's my wife. Oh hi. <laughs> yes, Texas country music. I'm telling you, it's. Um, in fact, there's a very funny video of a guy. I'll have to find it. Um, who he just reviews things, and he had never heard Texas country red dirt music before. And he's listening to it and he gets so fired up because it's just, it's so raw, you know? And, yeah. and that was another way where I didn't totally fit because I wasn't super twangy and I wasn't, you know, I was honest, but I wasn't, um, I, I cared about hitting all the notes. That was important to me. <laughs> That's not necessarily always super important, you know, yeah. because it is the, the Texas country and the Red Dirt community, they gather and celebrate around, um, the words, like yeah. it really, you know, it really is. And so that's a very cool aspect, you know, of that. But um, yeah, so music, so, there it is. <laughs> so Jamie Green, by the way, Jamie has an, a great show. You might want to, might want to oh, connect and, and be on her show too. She's amazing. Um, yeah. So she grew up listening to Christian and country music. So, so, at some point you made a decision to write a book mm -hmm. and when was that when did you start the book you know it was, it's such a crazy story so um i was on the road and i was uh blogging fairly regularly it was just kind of like my process of chasing yeah. down this dream is a big haired, wild-eyed, crazy woman, you know, whatever. Um, especially because I was doing that at a season in my life where all of my friends were having babies. And I I was just like, that wasn't where I was at. And um, my husband was working real hard. He was traveling a lot, you know, being in sports and all that kind of stuff. And so um, I was in <clears throat> some much needed therapy at the time, trying, still kind of trying to find my way um, to, I think some of that is just like, that's just your twenties. I mean, you're just like, or late twenties, early, early thirties for me. Yeah. So I was, um, I don't even know. I may have even been in an airport, but I wrote this blog titled confessions of a high strung woman and kind of just wrote out some of, um, what I had struggled with and some of what I was learning. And it was equal parts like, you know, um, venting and also being like, and these are some things that have helped me. And I hit publish and went on down the road and I, I didn't think anything about it really because it was just, um, I was very much in that mindset of like, I'm an entertainer, I'm a musician, I'm a performer. Um, the world doesn't really want a lot of this from me. There wasn't space for me to do that, you know? And I started getting these emails. I mean, all of these emails from these women who had Googled high strung or high strung woman or um how to manage their emotions or you know whatever and i the first email i got i was like oh my gosh this girl was like i just got in another huge fight with my fiance he says i'm so high strung i don't know what that means i googled it and i found your blog and it helped me so much and i'm just crying and i was like oh i'm not the only high strung crazy person out there and <laughs> those emails just kept coming in wow. from women i mean i was and i i didn't really know what to do with it because i was like um I wasn't in that headspace, you know, it was kind of like I told you earlier, I was like, that's, that's just not the world can't handle that, you know, right yeah. now I need to be I have to pick a lane. And especially in music. I mean, music is is um, Kathy Heller, who I just really love. I listen to her a lot. She she went to LA to she calls it Beyonce or bust like that was that was what she wanted to do, you know, yeah. and um, had a record deal and it ended up falling through. And anyway, she ended up becoming um, really just to pay bills, like writing songs for, to pitch to TV shows, to get picked up placements yeah. and um, got really good at it, was making really good money. And people kept asking her, how did you do this? And then she created a course and that you know, she found herself in a very different place where she's still doing music, but it looks completely you know, differently. Yeah. So um, after I had played, you know, kind of all the big stages and was, it was kind of like, what do I do now? I, I was like, I went, kept going back to, um, that thought, you know, of, of writing the book. And so I'd started to cautiously kind of brain dump and jot out, down all the things. It took me a long time. You know, it took me two years longer than it should have at least. Um, cause I'd never done it before. And, um, I think a lot of it when, especially when you're writing your first book, you're processing like 
what you want to share and what you don't want to share. Cause for me, this book is very much like my story. Like yeah. I grew up in this super conservative environment and there were a lot of really great things about it. And then there were a lot of things about it that, um, left me with a rejection of my true self because I felt like I needed to be, you know, all of these things. One of one of the tokens for me was the the verse out of first Peter of um needing to have a gentle and quiet spirit as a woman. And I was like, well damn, <laughs> there's not a gentle or quiet thing about me. Like I'm a big personality. I'm loud. And that must mean that I'm bad. That must mean, you know, that I'm that I'm wrong. And um, as I really worked through it with the Lord, I think that's one of the things that's so hard. You know, I think that's, that's one of the things that's so hard, even about our, our world and our community right now. It's just that other people don't represent and cannot dictate your own relationship with God. It's a, it's a very personal thing and, um, it's a very powerful Amen. thing. So. I was, uh, we just had to work it out, you know, and, and, and the great thing is, is that I found out he's not mad at me. He made me exactly how I am. And he made me this way because he knew I was going to need it to do the things he was going to call me to do. I think like, you know, strength in women is so, um, misunderstood because it usually comes out as the bitch, right? That's usually, you see yeah. it, this girl's too strong and she's, you know, the Karens, right? Nah, 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 whatever. And, um, but <laughs> for women- Can you I imagine know. if your name was Karen and like- I have a Karen that I love so much. <laughs> but does she act like the-, the, the I the mean, Karen? <laughs> she can, you know, not, not really, but she's very- um, That's funny. Well, anyway, so that's, yeah, she's great and I love her and she's not, you know, the things that, that so many people say, but yeah, it's rough. Yeah. It's a rough year to be a Karen, but <laughs> a lot of times, you know, as women, we don't realize how strong we are until we're in that place where it's coming out of us and our words can make our, you know, our husbands cry and we're, too, you know, too strong in all those kinds of places. And the reason that we don't realize how strong we are is because we've been told that we're not supposed to be strong when, I mean, try telling that to a woman in labor, right? Try telling that to a mama who is on her knees fighting, <laughs> Chad, you're so sweet, on her knees fighting for her kids to get their lives worked out. Like tell that to a woman who is working through infidelity in her marriage and trying to hold on like this, it is so necessary and it is so needed in our world. And um, there's a way to do it and to master our strength and to harness it, to do incredible things. But I, I liken it in the book to being a Lamborghini. Like you've got this crazy powerful engine and you're a 15 year old, you know, with zits on your face and you have no idea you know, what to do with all that power. <laughs> You're right. going to run some people over, you know, you're going to, you're going to get in some car accidents. You're going to do some of those things. And so, um, we got to learn how to a appreciate what it is inside of us and then learn. It's just such a big part of like, what, what helps me operate at my best. And, yeah. and I love this phrase where I am at peace, where, where there's both peace and power, right? Like I'm not in conflict. I'm not warring. I'm not, trying to be something that I'm not, I'm like, my feet are set on the solid ground. I know who I am. I know my boundaries. I know all of my, you know, all of my things. And then also at the same time, I am walking in authority. And right. I was talking to my sister, you know, yesterday and I was like, you just, you need to, you need to walk in the full weight of your glory. Like you need to own it. You know, like she is a mama of two incredible boys and um, there's nothing that'll make you more tired than being a mama. And I mean, these, these boys are, a hundred miles an hour all the time. Like somebody is hanging from something. Wow. There's, you know, it's just, and, and, um, she's, she's the best mom. She's one of those women that she mothers out of place of abundance and yeah. joy. Yeah. And so she's exhausted because she's given it, you know, all she's got yeah. all that to say for me so much about this process was, um, rebelling, Okay. Against yeah. the ideas that um, women are only supposed to be gentle and quiet. And the only way that you can do it is through um, the way that our systems and our, our families or our cultures tell us. And so I experienced that in the church house. I experienced that in the Texas music scene. Right. I experienced that um, in a million, you know, different places. And so um, it's a, it's messy work. 
I've had to get really, I am like, you know, um, Brene Brown, when she talks about, I think it's in Daring Greatly, she goes into the therapist and she's like, okay, give me the three things I need to do and I can go. Like, I'm that person. I'm like, let's check off the list, you know, like, let's just, and, and the Lord's just really had to work so much with me on like, it's messy. We're learning how to do new things, you know, and, and a woman really walking in her power or anybody, right. I'm passionate yeah. about women cause I'm a woman, you know, um, yeah. but really owning who you are and walking in your power and, um, being able to take back your no, right. And identifying like a big part of the book for me is like, identify and stand your sacred ground and your sacred ground is that place where you operate at peace and power. You operate at your best. You're not giving all of yourself to other, these people, you're all to all of these other people. You're not running around just reacting to the world and the things that haven't, you're leading your life with intention and you're teaching people how they can interact with you and um, treat you. And, but you are, you are mastering and, you know, being the commander of your own life. And so um, it's, it's so crazy because I wrote that blog just as kind of an expression for me, cause I am a creative and I am somebody who's like, ah, you know, I gotta get this out. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, I got a message from a girl this morning who I just love to death. And she was like, you just don't know how many of us, like you've kept from falling completely off into the shadows because the strength wow. of, and you know, this as, yeah. as a, you know, a husband and then as a mother of these girls, um, we will sideline ourselves. We will take ourselves out of life. And I'm really big, you know, that we have an enemy. We have somebody who wants to keep us quiet and sidelined and at operating at 25%, you know, of who we really are, because that's not a threat to him. But like a woman who knows who she is and is connected to her feelings and is like, you know, walking in the full authority, like she's a force and a force for good. You know, we know what it looks like for a woman to be a force for not good, you know, <laughs> but, um, and it's the same, you know, it's the same thing with men, but it requires, um, intention and it requires work, you know? And basically what I did is I took 10 years of my life of struggling for being somebody who had a really, I had all the big feelings and I my, I had thoughts all the time and I had opinions all the time. And But I, I looked around me for the women in my family who I love and they're amazing women, they're so strong, but a lot of them were sick a lot. They didn't right. feel well. They were, their high strung personality was killing them. And I was like, okay, so if I don't learn how to do this differently, like this is what we're looking at. You know, this is, this is what this is. I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to beat the system here, you know? Um, and I really just dove into that very scary, but very, very, very powerful place of like, but what if there's a different way? What if there's a better way? So between therapy, reading all of the books, um, being mentored <laughs> all these different places, you know, I, I basically was like, I'm going to pull all the stuff that I've learned and I'm going to try and put it in what I call like tic-tac bites to introduce, you know, ideas to you. And, and that kind of creates the, the four sections of the book. I talk about my story and we talk about self care. We talk about boundaries and then we talk about, you know, emotions. And, and so um, it's, it's very relevant, like practical stuff. Like one whole section is like, so you're going to need your sleep. Like you need your sleep more than your workout probably, you know, or you need different things like that. But um I don't know. I'm really, I'm really excited to, you know, to get to finally have it out there and to be able to share. I'm going to show everybody the book. There it is. Yay! Yeah. So that confessions of a high. Woman. What's that? Is it with that picture of that calm looking woman? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You look really calm there. For every woman who has been told she was way too much finding freedom and power. Now I have already dropped the link to the book. It's pinned on my personal Facebook or yeah, personal feed. And I dropped the link in the comments on, on every other page that we're on and YouTube awesome. and LinkedIn and all that. So, um, everybody needs to go out and grab a copy of this book. So it, right now it's, it's on paperback. Is there a Kindle version? There will be. Yeah. And about the yeah. next week. Yeah, okay. there should be. Sweet. Mm -hmm. So, so and and I've seen we're friends on Facebook now. Yeah. And I've seen a couple of your videos. I'm like, 
That that's it's like herding cats. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you don't need to be sorry. I love your energy. You've just got that that just I can tell. You just have this energy of drive and creativity and and it's amazing. As a matter of fact, my my 10-year-old daughter is 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 like that. She is yeah. she's a national dance champion. She's wow. just always exploring what the next thing is i mean she's just yeah very high strung and but it's a good high strung it's very it is yeah yeah good. but it but it is challenging i think you know there's there's to say that it's challenging does not mean that it's bad no but it does no. mean that like you it requires more care like it's higher yeah. it's higher maintenance but in a really good way and yeah. she will be able to do things that other people won't be able to because of you know the fire that, that god's put inside of her i have a, a podcast called confessions by a strong woman and i'm listening to you and i'm like gosh i've got to get my dad on there to talk about raising me you know because he um he yeah. told me one time he just said ab this is what he calls me ab he said you know you ab just you or or AB, just Ab. He's like, Ab, you got, you have a racehorse personality. And he's like, it's all fun and good if the people <laughs> handling you know what, like, they know how to handle you. But if they don't, track. <laughs> but if they don't, it's a disaster, you know, for everybody. And I was like, what does that fuss mean? You know, <laughs> right. but it's so true, you know. And luckily, I married a man who, who gets it, you know, and, and yeah. celebrates who are, you know, I really am, but, um, that's, all. Oh man, I was on a path at one point in my life where I, it just would have been so repressed. And I don't know, I don't even know where I would be had, had God not done this real work of freedom, you know? And so and you know, just talking so about my 10 year old that I, and that's your real name is Abigail. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. sure she is a rock star. And I call her abs all the time. ABS. Yes. ABS. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so funny. good. Yeah. That's so, so, good. so, so you, um, you know, I think it, it, I mean, it sounds like you've definitely had ups and downs. In yeah. Life. I mean, yeah. you know, people don't wake up one morning and go, you know, my life is so good. I think I'll go <laughs> be a therapist. <laughs> no. Hell no. <laughs> You're trying to work some stuff out. And, and, but you also, you know, you've, you've done, you know, I mean, you're, you're, you're doing your, you're doing your thing. You're, mm -hmm. you're pursuing your dreams. You're, mm -hmm. you're chasing after, you're not chasing after you're doing it. You're, you're, mm -hmm. you're catching the music thing and you've got albums out and, and ready to go back into the studio. And, you know, but some people, as I, as I said early on, some people get, get stuck. Okay. And I ask this of every guest. I ask mm -hmm. ask a couple of questions. Number one, what in this is your opinion? And the number one answer is fear. So you mm -hmm. have to do better than that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. What it's fair. do you think, in your opinion, what holds most people back? And and if you want to make it specific towards women, that's fine. But sure. what do you think? What do you think holds most people back from achieving financial success mm -hmm. and real freedom in life? I think that so much of it is how we see ourselves. Um, I think that you know if you don't see yourself being financially successful because you didn't see your family being financially successful, it's crazy. Let's, if, let's say you flip it, right? Um, people who had, who come from money or whatever, and they just, they're good at making money and they learn that. Hi, Kevin. Um, they, they have the confidence because they've seen it happen, not only in their line, but I think it's also in just a way that they grow up and they picture themselves. Does that make sense? Like, they're like, Oh, I can do this. This is, yeah. and, it, and it breeds this confidence. Um, I know that for me, I viewed so much of my life, the way I pictured myself was just trying to get it right. Stay out of trouble, uh, not make people mad, you know, um, which it sounds really sad. And, and I, I get that. And you can also hear that and understand why there's this 
bursting in my soul to be like, no, I don't, I don't want to react to people the rest of my life. I want to lead my life. And, um, I do have a lot inside of me and that's not, it, it, God didn't put it inside of me to be contained, right? He put it inside of me to share with the world and it's my job to learn how to master it. Um, and I, you know, I thought so much about that with music because it's a, it's a very slim pickings, you know, kind of thing. I mean, it's like you watch The Voice or American Idol and these people win this money and they win the contracts and they have all the exposure in the world. And most of them, I mean, like 99% of them, you never hear from again, Right. you know, like Kelly Clarkson, Carrie Underwood. I'm trying to think of a other couple of handful. Um, the the country. That, that dude that, that, that sings for Queen. Adam. Yeah, yeah, Adam Lambert. You've yeah. got Laura and Elena, who was in country music and different things like that. Yeah. But they really struggled because um, they could sing really well, yeah. but you have to be an artist or you have to be a performer. You have to have some kind of you know story to tell. But what's really what draws us all to music are the true stories that are told. You know, yeah. and um, there's just a lot of you know, it's it's it doesn't matter what profession it is. You know, people are like, Oh, I want the glitz and I want the glamor and Oh, yeah. this looks like it would be so great. And all that kind of stuff. Like for me as a musician, I worked harder, longer hours for very little money. You know, Scotty McCreary, that's another great example. Oh, he's, um, he's amazing. And the country ones do well because they yeah. are country music. If you're just a general, you know, you can sing your tail end off or something like that. Um, you can struggle because they're like, well, what songs do we give you? And, yeah. and you haven't, you haven't earned a place at the table as um, uh, they're just very bossy in that world. Like, well, we just want you to sing. You just be the pretty face and we're going to tell you what to sing and what to wear and all that kind of stuff. And like, obviously I was like, hell no. Like, this is not, <laughs> you know, I wasn't going to, I didn't want to sing somebody else's songs. I wanted to sing my songs. And so I wanted to talk about being feisty and I wanted to talk about being raised in, you know, by Southern women with Southern solar. I wanted to talk about, yeah. um, you know, things that mattered to me. And that was, you know, just really important. I would say that it all comes back to, they don't see themselves that way, which I think is what is so powerful about what you do. The more stories that you share, the more people, because nobody's going to ever completely identify with one person. The more people go, oh, I didn't know. I, I mean, I can't tell you so many times in my life have I been like, I didn't, I didn't know that was possible. Yeah. And then once I did, it's like your whole world opens up. So I would say that's a really big part. Fear's a part of it for sure. But I think it's that they don't see themselves that way or they're afraid of changing. They're afraid of contradicting who their world has told them that they have to be. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. you can only be, um, there's as much prejudice against money as there is for money, you know, in, in, or success. I, I really think that, you know, it is a, it, what holds people back. You're right. It, it's, but it's, it's, it's that fear of, mm. well, you know, I didn't see my mom and dad do this. And mm -hmm. if I go out and take a big chance and yeah. I fail, yeah, then they're going to see it. And then yeah. I'm going to hear about it. Right. So I think there's this, this mm. thing going on in the back of our heads that, that, yeah. that the stories we're telling ourselves. That's awesome. Mm. Um, Pam Aubrey is actually the daughter of a preacher as well. <laughs> so, yeah, she's, she's a good friend of mine. So, um, my wife loves your answer as well. Oh, so you guys uh, are so sweet. So, so the, the book is called, um, confessions of a, and I stopped the share, but it's confession. Yeah. Oh, you have it. There it is. On, let me go full screen. There confessions Yay. of a high strung woman. <laughs> by Abby Walker. And, and so your music is available everywhere. I'm assuming. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. I, I could, I could ask my Amazon device to start playing it right now. But <laughs> wait. Uh, Go ahead. So, so the, the last question I have is there was this time my wife and I opened our first office and had a bunch of employees and man, it was, it was tight because the employees mm. all got paid, but we didn't. Yeah. So one day a tow truck shows up to take my, my SUV and, uh. and yeah, it was a horrible day. But I mm. remember that day being like, th this is the end of my life. Like it's over mm -hmm. point. Mm -hmm. like, I, I'm, I'm sitting here 
working my tail off to get yeah. things happen and and this is happening mm -hmm. in front of all my employees. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you know, and 2020 caused the suicide rate throughout mm -hmm. the world skyrocket. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, you know, for people that are barely hanging on to mm -hmm. life that are mm -hmm. don't know what way is up, they don't know, mm -hmm. you know how to pay the electric bill mm -hmm. or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. What do you say to that person that that's just struggling to get through to the next moment? What do you mm -hmm. say to, them to to encourage them? Mm -hmm. Well, I would first say like you are seen and you are known. And um, I believe that there is a God in heaven who is crazy about you and who um, knows your every need and is ready to meet it. And I think in a lot of ways, just like we talked about before of how you see yourself, so much of the work that I feel like God's done in my own life is to really change who, how I saw him to be. You know, if you go around thinking your whole life that God's mad at you, which is what most of us do, because we're like, we're just supposed to get it right, you know, or, or we're, I'm a sinner. Or I don't get it all perfect. You know, we can hear all these different messages from these different places. Um, but one of the most amazing things to me was that like, God is not offended by my need. He's not even offended by my epic failures. Like he, he knew that before I even knew that any of that was going to happen and he made a way. And so wherever you are, I would just say, first of all, I just pray that his presence just floods wherever you are, that you feel the sense that you are not alone. And I really pray that you'd begin to open up your heart to just say, God, I need you to show up. Like, like my prayers have been like, Jesus, what the hell? That's a prayer. Okay. <laughs> my prayers, my prayers have been help, just help. Like, not even a Jesus or God, just help, help, you know, me please. That, you know, um, I think that there's a lot of work that, in my opinion, we have to do to unravel this God. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm just wondering what's your dad think about your prayers like oh, that? He is so great. So he's so funny. I help run. Um, he live streams his messages on Sunday and because he knows me and because he loves me and we've, we've, you know, he knows that um, he's a rebel heart in his own way, but I will, I'll text him and I'll be like, dad, you preached the hell of that sermon. And he's like, Oh, great. Scott, Abby, great. Scott is usually what he says. He is Southern like through and through. And I get it. It makes some people's heads explode. And that's fine. But it's, it's who I am, you know, and like the Lord meets me there. He hung out with fishermen. Okay. How many right. fishermen do you know that were like, well behaved or had like, didn't cuss, you know? And, and I just feel like it's so much because he cares about our hearts, right? It is a prayer. It is right. It, Lord, what the hell? Like help. help. I need some backup. You know, I need some backup. But whatever, you know, to go back to what you asked me, whatever is in your heart to pray, like, I need you to make a way. I need you to provide for this electric bill. Like, help me open up my mind. He can lead you to new creative ideas. He can connect you to people that, because there is absolute church humor. Yeah, lots of church humor over here. Um, there are people who are thriving in this, who yeah. are pivoting and are learning. And T.D. Jakes is one of my favorite pastors because he just, He's just going to tell it like it is. Yeah. And um, when the pandemic started, you know, he just, I remember listening to one of his sermons and he said, there are going to be millionaires made out of this. There were millionaires made out of the last recession. There yeah. are people, Uber, um, gosh, what were some other ones? I mean, Uber's a huge company, but it started, you know, in, in a recession. And all of this goes back to, in my opinion, saying, a, for me, it always comes from a place with God because he, it, it's not just like, he's like my higher power. He's my lifeline, right? He is, he empowers me to be able to walk through this physical world and to experience it, you know, differently than just the physical. If you look at just the physical, like we're screwed, you know, like it's right. pandemic and political and it's just bad, 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 bad. But when you can have the eyes, you know, it, it's, it's like, you know, you buy a red car. And then you notice how many red cars there are. Like when you start looking for the goodness of God and his provision for you, you, you just start to see it, you know, and it's a practice because it's real easy to be focused on the negative, you know, it's, yeah. it's so easy, but, um, so wherever you are, you are being prayed for, you're being loved. Um, and God has great for you, not just survival. He's, he's great 
for you. And if you want to talk more, you can message me. We can talk. We can hang out. That's that's, that's awesome. I just pasted the link to your book again. So Thank everybody you. that's watching can click on that and go get a copy of Abby's book. Abby, you are mm -hmm. absolutely amazing. You're a rock mm -hmm. star. <laughs> I, I, your energy is just incredible. It's absolutely, I, I really think, it, you know, like I know Texas just went through that whole power thing. They oh. could have probably used some of your energy to <laughs> power the entire state. Like, I, can, I can crash with the best of them. You can ask my husband. He can be like, she's going to sleep for three hours. I don't know if she's dead or alive, but this, <laughs> things like this get me, you know, so excited because um, there's life in it, right? And where there's life, it's energy, it's power, it's, you know, whatever, but it's, it's, I still appreciate you taking the time to have, to have a sassy lady on your show. <laughs> You're awesome. We're, we'll, uh, we'll get a copy of your book for my wife to read and, and everybody go out and grab a copy of this book. It is absolutely, I'm sure going to rock your world. So Abby, thank you for being on today. Stay with me. I'm going to end the live stream, but thank you so much for coming on. I really thank appreciate you. it. Thank you. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys later. Thank you. And if you didn't share this out, there is still time for you to redeem yourself. Share this out. Okay. See you guys. Have a great day. Thanks, Abby. Thanks.